The following program was made possible by the generosity of those who have determined to hold fast to the true Roman Catholic religion, as expounded by the Roman Catholic Church before the disasters of Vatican II and the so-called New Mass. Father, and to the Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Come, Holy Ghost, fill the hearts of thy faithful, and kindle them the fire of thy love. Set forth thy spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray, O God, who didst instruct the hearts of thy faithful by the light of the Holy Ghost. Grant us by that same spirit to be truly wise, and ever to rejoice in his consolation. Through Christ our Lord, Amen. May the divine assistance remain always with us. And may the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. O Mary, seat of wisdom, pray, pray for, for us. us. Let it be the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hello, and welcome to What Catholics Believe. I am your host, Thomas Nagley, and with me tonight is Father William Jenkins. He's a member of the Society of St. Pius V, and he's also the pastor of Immaculate Conception Church right here in Norwood, Ohio. Hello, Father. How are you? Very fine, Tom. Thank you. Doing well, Father. Thanks for being here like to get into some emails, if we could. Father, we have a very interesting one from Europe. It's from a viewer who says, uh, I have been watching your videos for quite some time. And while I agree with probably 95% of what Father Jenkins says, I question his motives when it comes to his views on the Society of St. Pius X. In a recent video, he stated that the Society of St. Pius X is either silent or defending Francis. On defending Francis, when it comes to some of the major issues coming out of Rome. And this is false. And he gives some particulars, Father, of where he attends Mass and a certain newsletter that the, uh, the priests in his area produce on a monthly basis. And he says that no organization is perfect. And there are certainly points where I disagree with statements made by the society. But I have to tell you, Father Jenkins comes off as being extremely bitter and uncharitable when it comes to the Society of St. Pius X. I hope that he might take these things into consideration the next time he feels the urge to unload on the Society of St. Pius X. We're all on the same team here, or at least we should be. May God love you and Our Lady protect you. I'll offer a holy rosary for all of you over at the Society of St. Pius V. What's your response to that, Father? Well, I appreciate the rosary, no doubt about it, and I agree with the writer that we should all be on the same, on the same side. That actually is the issue, though. The question is, are we really all on the same side? Um, I can't speak of the society in Germany. Uh, I'm not that familiar with the uh, uh, the doings there. I, I do see the Monatsblatt uh, from the Priorat Saint Nicolas de Fleur, or von Fleur. And um, actually, I see this piece written by uh, Potter David Cookley, who's a priest of the Society of St. Pius V, evidently there at the, the, at the Priory. St. Pius X, thank you. And uh, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. It's in German, and uh, I look forward to reading it. Um, it obviously does uh, speak of the upcoming synod of the Amazon and uh, expose a number of the serious flaws uh, that are expected, that are actually in the working document, and that are expected to work their way through the the synod itself and produce uh, 
there's some very bad results, okay? Very non-Catholic, anti-Catholic results. So I'm very glad to see that. And I, I actually appreciate the, the uh, email very much from this listener because I don't want to come across as bitter. And, uh, and I, I certainly wouldn't want to be bitter. <clears throat> I do, do convey, though, I think a certain sense of betrayal because of what is happening in this country, but is, which is fairly well known. And that is that the society is colluding, and I use the word collusion here in its right, real sense, colluding with the Novus Ordo. It is in collusion with the Novus Ordo. Uh, something that Monsieur Lefebvre, I think, would condemn. And it has, the society here in the States has been silent on these issues. Um, on some very, very serious issues. And I think in the last program, uh, I mentioned some of the issues that came up where the conservative Novus Ordo people were up in arms about them and rightly denouncing them. And the society of St. Pius X was either silent or actually um, uh, rebuking the conservative Novus Ordo was for questioning Francis. So uh, I understand um, that from, from what the, the writer uh, mentions here is that that comes across as being bitter. Well, I, I don't know that I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be better, and I, I, I certainly wouldn't want to show that. Um, it's more important to me not to be better than to convey the impression of being better. But I, I do have to say, though, that I feel a sense of a betrayal by uh, the leadership of the Society of St. Pius X in this country. And what concerns me, and maybe this is the thing that, that comes through maybe, and comes through in such a way that it's open to interpretation, in some cases a bad interpretation. I'm very concerned about the souls involved here because I, I actually fear that they're being led down a primrose pack, path back into the Novus Ordo. And I think what's going to come of it is going to be a kind of a hybrid of modernist Catholicism or Catholic modernism. But that's an oxymoron. Because the two things are not only incompatible, they're diametrically opposed to each other. There's no such thing as Catholic modernism or modernist Catholic Catholicism. But I'm afraid the Society of St. Pius X, at least in this country, is on its way there. And leading people there, leading people down that path. Um, it, is, it is a tragic error <clears throat> to try to appease modernists especially when they are in power. It is a tragic error. It is impossible to appease modernists. They will not be appeased because their ultimate objective is to substitute their modernist error for the Catholic faith. That's their ultimate objective. And they never lose sight of that. So Archbishop Lefebvre understood that. And um, I happen to have a great affection for Monsieur Lefebvre, frankly, to this day, and I offer Mass for him uh, on the date of his birth and on the day, uh, the anniversary of his birth and of his death. And um, I cannot believe that he would be silent in the face of these things, as we see here, at least in, uh, in the United States of America, the FSSPX <clears throat> is silent. Uh, if Francis said, as he did, that Jesus becomes bread and God is contained within the, the bread, 
I can't help but see Archbishop Lefebvre responding to that. Uh, and with regard to this instrumentum laboris of the, of the Synod coming up in October, I think Monsieur Lefebvre would have been completely um, uh, given to refuting that and exposing it for the, the horror that it is and warning people everywhere. Um, I, I, I see that they're at least here. I can't speak again. I can't speak for what they're putting out in Germany here, but, um, here in the States, I, I mean, I, I just can't help but think that Archbishop of himself would be, would be as upset as I am, <laughs> not bitter, but as concerned as I am, as what is, what is happening in the uh, leadership of the societies in Bicentenary. And Father, I know on, on many, many occasions you've spoken very, very highly of the, uh, the parishioners of, of the Society of St. Pius X and on, on multiple occasions. Well, they're very, very, very good people there. And, and also, so, and also, um, so much of the clergy, you, you've said so many, so many good things about them. And it really just seems to be a, a problem with the leadership. And I think it's so, um, it's so interesting and it's very revealing to, to compare and contrast Monsignor Lefebvre, like you said, with the current Leadership, you know, we have the the clip that we often uh, place in the beginning of the programs with Archbishop Lefebvre saying how Rome has left the church; they're they're in apostasy, and, and that, and just contrasting that with the um, you know either the silence or the kind of wishy washy things that you hear from the Society of Saint Pius X today. I think that's just very very revealing to kind of show the difference <coughs> and the contrast between the two. So, well, I would say to our writer here, thank you again. As I said, for the rosary, and I ask you that you continue it. And um, I do very much appreciate your pointing out what you do about uh, you know they come across as being bitter. But I would ask you to do this much also to realize that I'm speaking of of the, what is what is happening here in the United States. Of America with regard to the Society of St. Pius V, uh, St. Pius X, I'm sorry, <laughs> the Society of St. Pius X. Mm-hmm. And um, what I see is an abdication of responsibility, at, at least, and a betrayal at worst. And I'm very concerned uh, that what he says about we should all be on the same side, I'm very concerned that, that as true as that is, I don't see that is the case with the uh, priestly fraternity of the Society of St. Pius X here in America right now. Okay. I don't see that. Uh, I see compromise after compromise after compromise. And uh, I think those uh, that, that can be well documented. I think it is well documented that there has been compromise after compromise. Sure. So um, I would ask him not to see... Um, what I say is as motivated by bitterness, but rather by a real genuine concern, not only for, you know, the, the traditional Catholic people at large, but for the, the Catholic people of the Society of St. Pius X, too, and their clergy and their leadership. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want them to wind up being, coming some kind of a, uh, a, a Nova sort of, uh, auxiliary of the modernists, mm-hmm. you know? To give it a traditional Catholic flavor, um, that's that will not be the Catholic Church. That would be merely a sect of the Novus Ordo, if that's what happened. I fear that that 
not only could happen, I fear that it might well be happening. Right. Well, Father, I've got another uh, fascinating email here from another viewer who uh, says that she agrees with most everything you say, although this one is uh, from a Novus Ordo Catholic. Uh, she says that I think you are so right about so many things that are wrong in our church today. I'm very alarmed at the thought of what will happen to us, and I pray for Francis's conversion. It's an interesting phrase. Mm -hmm. uh, she says, I don't know what I'll do when women are priests, and we can all see the handwriting on the wall. One of the reasons I feel like belonging to one of your parishes would be a bad idea is the fact that if something happened to you, that the parish would just fold up. I'm not trying to be insulting at all. That would truly be a concern of mine. I also wonder if the fact that you don't have a, quote, head or leader like a pope would lead to more and more splits and offshoots of your churches. I really wish you would come back to us over here in New Order Catholic land. We need you desperately, and there are many of us who would look up to you and your leadership. Is there any chance at all of that ever happening? I hope you don't think my comments are rude. They are not meant to be. No, I don't take them that way at all, any more than I took the other writer's uh, comments wrong. New Order Catholic Land. Is there Sounds any chance? Sounds like some kind of amusement park. <laughs> Is there any chance of you uh, coming over there, Father? Uh, well, uh, I will not uh, be in communion with modernists. No, and I not, will not promote modernism. I will not pretend that traditional Catholicism is compatible with modernism, uh, when actually modernism is the, the arch enemy of true Catholicism. That would be impossible. And besides, I mean, the, the modernists would never allow it. You know, Archbishop Lefebvre himself pointed that out. Beware of the modernist concessions. If the modernists appear to be conceding, it's because they believe they have something to gain. The Archbishop Lefebvre himself said that. If the modernists are willing to make concessions to you that you think are wonderful, beware, he said, because they are always looking for something to gain by it. And uh, again, I think that speaks to our last letter there, too, you know, our last writer. But I would tell this dear lady, if she, if she really does see that the Novus Ordo is exactly that, a new order, and it's not Catholicism, if she, uh, if she understands that it is modernism, she should not be there, nor any more than I would be there. So uh, she says she doesn't know what she's going to do when they ordain women. Well, w what choice is there to make? I mean, w w I, guess, I guess if she's still there, after all that they've done and all that it is, I guess the next step would be to trying to figure out, okay, now they are ordained women, what am I going to do now? And then she'll wind up staying for that too. And, um, and then if they start ordaining who knows what, you know, and, and bringing in Amazon uh, uh, rituals and ceremonies into her church, right? And start worshiping spirits and things like that. Um, I, I guess she'll still wind up staying there too. Yeah. So, um, no, there, there is no chance, unless I lost the faith, which is not a matter of chance, um, of my um, uniting with the Novus Ordo, as that we would have one common religion in one common church, right, that we hold together. And uh, no, I don't believe we can have two different religions, even two opposite religions, uh, antithetical religions such as Catholicism and modernism in the same church. I don't believe that. That's, again, a modernist idea, that you could have multiple religions in the same church. Right? 
So um, that there is no possibility that I'm going to come to Nova Sordo land. <laughs> or no, Nova Sordo Catholic land. I, think she's in. Catholic I just wish she would come to not traditional Catholic land. I wish she would uh, come back to practicing exclusively the traditional Catholic faith in its entirety. And the traditional mass and sacraments and, you know, the entire, the entire liturgical program and spiritual program of the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And, Father, I think um, this email, perhaps it, it just perfectly epitomizes the, uh, the conservative Novus Ordo mindset. And it's, it's so frustrating to see this because uh, there, there are so many good souls like this. We have... Mm-hmm so many uh, Novus Ordo, even so many non-Catholic viewers who will watch our programs, they they love everything that you say. They, um, you know, they're, they're some of your biggest fans. They'll promote your work. They'll send it everywhere. They'll, they'll um, just just constantly promote you and say the nicest possible things about you and, and the, the work that you produce here and, and all of that. But there just seems to be this basic fundamental misunderstanding uh, of the entire point that you're making of the traditional Catholic religion is the one true religion is not compatible at all with, with modernism. This is a different religion. This is, you know, everything that you said, and there just seems to be this almost across the board so many times, just a fundamental misunderstanding of this very most basic point. And it's, it's so frustrating to see. Well, so either that or avoidance. Uh, maybe they feel they have no choice. I, I don't know. But, you know, it, it does make me a little concerned, though, that... Uh, if they're talking about me and I'm the focus of this, you know, then that is not the point of the program. You know? um, I guess, I mean, if they, they say, I agree with you in so many ways, um, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still going to the Nova Sordo and I'm going to continue going to the Nova Sordo and practicing the Nova Sordo and so on, mm-hmm. uh, then, you know, that, that is not a compliment. <laughs> you know, I can't take that as such. Uh, it shows that I've somehow failed to get the point across. Mm-hmm. Well, perhaps, Father, I think that that might be part of the problem then, because she says, you know, how um, one of her concerns is if some, if if you left, that that the parish would just fold. And I think so many miss the point that it's not just what Father Jenkins is saying no, that, no. that's so powerful. It's the the fact that it's the truth. It's the traditional Catholic faith that oh, is sure. so powerful, and it's not only. You know, I think perhaps the reason that... that and, this... and provisions are already made for a succession here, for priests mm-hmm. to be here. Mm-hmm. But uh, I... Father Greenwell and I have been here for quite some time. And uh, obviously, we're getting a little long in the tooth. And, uh, you know, God provides. Mm-hmm. You know, he, God always provides. So, um, you know, th- th- there will be good priests here. Probably uh, priests perhaps at half my age. But uh, they will be here, and uh, they will do an excellent. They will do an excellent job. They'll do excellent work for souls, because I I know them. I've worked with them. I've seen them in action, uh, and I've, there's no doubt that they have a great love for uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. They have a great Lord, a love for our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God made man. They have a great love for His Church, and they have a great love for souls. I've seen I've seen that. Mm-hmm. Very, very clearly in them. And I'm talking about the priests who are going to be here for the next generation of Catholics. So, uh, but I can understand her fear, fears about that. And perhaps fears about, uh, you know, not having a, a, a reigning uh, pope that we 
can look to, listen to, and really understand that you find the voice of Jesus Christ here, right, speaking. But uh, the fact is, um, Francis is not that. Francis, Francis is not teaching the Catholic faith, quite the contrary. And so, um, you know, that's a much worse situation, hearkening to the voice of a shepherd who is not teaching the Catholic faith, but is actually leading people away from the Catholic faith. And I think she implicitly uh, acknowledges that when she says, I pray but for Francis' for his conversion. His conversion. <laughs> well, she's, she's acknowledging the truth. Then, exactly. Yeah. exactly. But, uh, well, Father, I, I think part of the, um, you know, part of the, the reason that that, that um, misunderstanding is so widespread is because of the way things are in the Novus Ordo, where there is no unity of religion whatsoever. And, you, I mean, you almost have an entirely different religion for each uh, priest that you have there. And so I think that, that that's the, the prevailing viewpoint is that that's just how it is. You know, you can have a, a very conservative uh, Novus Ordo priest who preaches something similar to the traditional Catholic faith, or you can have an absolute radical at the other end of the spectrum who mm-hmm. is 100% totally opposed to anything traditional and i think and yet they're all novosoro priests in the same yeah, yeah. same church yeah. they don't teach the same faith they don't practice the same worship mm-hmm. um and, but they can all belong to the novosoro the new order exactly yeah, and that's and that's what people are accustomed to and that's the very antithesis of, of catholicism right. <laughs> you think about catholicism that's catholic true. universal um mm-hmm. one you know it's all the same and that's how it is in true traditional Catholicism. It's not just just the one individual priest. It's what's so powerful is the truth, the the one traditional Catholic religion. So, right. Well, if you got all the traditional Catholics in the world, even those who disagree on many other things, if you got them all together in the same room and you ask them what they believe, they would all believe in the the the, the documents and decrees of the, of the Council of Trent, for example. They would all believe in the Catechism of the Council of Trent. Every one of them. They'd all have the same faith. You couldn't do that with the Novus Ordo. You couldn't do that with the Novus Ordo clergy. No. Getting them together and asking what they believe. They, they, they would not agree in faith. There's no unity of faith there. And it goes right up to Francis himself, right? So, um, well, I, I, you know, as I mentioned before, I mean, I pray for those who do write in. Even if we don't read their, or haven't yet read their letters, I do continue to pray for them all. And we'll continue to do so, especially for the two dear souls here. And I hope they don't take and miss my comments. Uh, um, I really very much appreciate uh, the writer uh, sending this information with, with his email, the Monatsblatt, uh, from the Priory there, uh, because I intend to study it. Uh, fortunately, one of the uh, languages that I've learned uh, to read and to speak poorly, but nonetheless, I can understand it very well as German. Right? So I can benefit from this, and I'd, I'd ask him to send any other information he has mm-hmm. for that matter. And uh, I'll feel free to send him any information that I have that I think might be helpful too. See, so I'd like to have this kind of dialogue in a, in a good sense of the word, you know, because it's only this way that we can really... Um, get the rest of the story. You know? So I, I see this gentleman, and I assume it is a gentleman, um, not a lady, I don't know uh, the name. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I assume that uh, 
this uh, this man has access to information that I don't see. Mm-hmm. So I'd really appreciate seeing it. Sure. Well, Father, I think we have about five minutes left, if we could. I wanted to get to one last topic because uh, we, we received a couple emails concerning the same subject, and that is uh, in regards to the holy name of Jesus. One of our viewers uh, wrote in and said, he asked why the name of Jesus is not mentioned on our program more often. And uh, we also had another viewer who wrote in and asked if you could uh, kind of summarize what the traditional church has taught in regards to invoking the holy name of Jesus. Mm. Well, the name of Jesus is is mentioned, I believe. I have to go back and listen. Usually Catholics refer to our Lord as our Lord. Okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, in the Holy Mass, we always conclude the orations by invoking uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and our Lord by name. And um, we, in the sacred liturgy, in our prayers, often refer to the Holy Name of Jesus. Okay? Uh, it is customary for Catholics in speaking of our Lord to not just call him Jesus, though. Right. Uh, Monsignor Lefebvre, for example, when he would preach, he would continue to refer to... Uh, Notre Seigneur Jésus-Christ. He would, he would always say, Our Savior Jesus Christ. Our Savior Jesus Christ. He would never just call him Jesus. Uh, Catholics are accustomed to speaking of Jesus Christ by that title, the Anointed One, that he is the Messiah. Because they consider it to be, uh, well, uh, somewhat disrespectful. And the reason why they consider it somewhat disrespectful is be- probably because of Protestant usage. That Protestants are always in the habit of just referring to Jesus and, you know, using the name of Jesus as some kind of a mantra, you know. And um, it's, um, it, it, I, I do agree that, that often it is used not respectfully. And so, uh, on the other hand, uh, the Catholic Church considers uh, the name of Jesus so holy that in the name of Jesus, as the sacred scripture says, every knee should bend of those above the earth, on the earth, and under, under the earth. And Catholics do not genuflect every time they say the name of Jesus, but they do bow their heads. And for centuries and centuries now, Catholics have always made a bow of the head every time they pronounced or heard the holy name of Jesus pronounced. This is what I was taught. This is what so many other Catholics are taught. This is what we are trying to teach the young people in our schools now that they should show that. In fact, there are even stories about uh, persecutors of the church who would round up uh, heard, heard groups of people, herd them together, and single out the Catholics by seeing who would bow their heads when the name of Jesus was pronounced. Then they knew they had a Catholic. And um, that's how the reverence for the Holy Name was shown in the Catholic Church. So the if Catholics are not pronouncing the name of Jesus by itself, they're actually kind of reflecting the the Old Testament respect for the name of Yahweh. Now, even to this day, um, you know, really observant Jews will not use the name of Yahweh any more than their ancestors in the Old Testament would speak that name because it was too holy. It, they would consider it to be disrespectful. In fact, I understand that only one person in the course of a single year could use the name in one place and pronounce it, and that was before the Holy of Holies in the temple, uh, just because of the profound reverence they had for the name. And um, 
that even today, very observant Jews, when they even mention the name God, they will write capital G and then put a dash and D. Not only is that referring to the fact that in the Hebrew, you know, the vowels did not uh, appear often, they were understood, but, um, or always, I should say, but also they thought it was disrespectful to spell the name of God out. It was just a token of respect. And so it is, you know, with, with Catholics. I mean, in the Old Testament, they refer to Elohim, Adonai, and other names of respect. But the name of Yahweh, I am who am, the name that God gave to Moses as the proper, as the proper name, as it were, of God, um, was considered just that no man was worthy of, repeat, of reciting that name. And they thought it was getting a little too familiar with God. <clears throat> And now we come to an age where people want to be all palsy-walsy with God. And they've just used the name of Jesus around as though it, it was nothing in particular, but just the very meaning of taking God's name in vain. It doesn't mean to use it disrespectfully, intentionally. It means just to choose, use it without the proper reverence and respect. It doesn't mean any ill intent. It just means there's no lack of it. There's a lack of, of good intent to be respectful. And so... Uh, Whenever Catholics use the holy name of Jesus, they will bow their heads. The Catholic Church even tells us that the name of Jesus is a prayer. The very meaning of the name Yeshua means Savior. There are many different forms, right? Jesse, Joshua, and so on. But uh, they all come from the same root, meaning Savior. And so the name of Jesus is not merely an arbitrary name that some mortal parents assigned to their little child. But it is a, a title. It is a mission. It is his, uh, it is the very meaning of his incarnation, you know, that he came to be the savior. And, uh, so the church says that if we pronounce the name of Jesus devoutly, we're actually pronouncing it as a prayer of faith and hope and charity all at once. And in death, when we're in danger of death, to pronounce the name of Jesus three times. Obtains for one a plenary indulgence, which we can get to in another program if someone wants to discuss that. But one actually obtains a plenary indulgence at the point of death if he lovingly, faithfully, and lovingly pronounces the name of holy Je of the holy name of Jesus with reverence and uh, and uh, and confidence. Mm -hmm. And Father, I also wanted to mention there's a, a wonderful little book by Father Paul O'Sullivan called the, the Wonders of the Holy Name. It's a very short little booklet, but he gives a an absolutely um, incredible outline of the, the history. It's a very beautiful book. Actually. Oh, it's 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 very beautiful, very very powerful. He goes through explaining the the power the power of the Holy Name. He gives uh, countless examples of of entire cities that were saved by the invocation of the holy name of Jesus. He gives uh, many examples of, of saints that were dedicated to, to the holy name, and it's, it's a very wonderful We see the, the Catholic Holy Name Societies, too, which uh, have been very prominent. Unfortunately, they, too, have been affected by the, the Novus Ordo modernism. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, they, they bear a tribute to the Church's reverence and love for the holy name of Jesus and respect for it and a determination to defend it against profanation. Well, Father, I think that about does it for tonight, so I thank you for being here. I appreciate your well, time. time. Thank you. Thanks to all of our viewers as well for watching this episode of What Catholics Believe. Until next time, we ask that you all remember the words of Our Lady at Fatima to consecrate yourselves and your families to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, 
and also to pray and do penance. Thank you and God bless you.